When you don't have access to a radio or computer, listen to us on your mobile device. Download the free app for Android or iPhone at RadioOnTheGo.com. Stay connected all the time to 104.9 KLMJ Radio On The Go. New Year's resolutions. We all make statements proclaiming things we'd like to improve in the new year. Hi, this is Tessa Haller with First Bank Hampton. If you made a resolution to raise your credit score, we can help. We offer CreditSense, a free credit monitoring feature with online and mobile banking. You can view your credit score, check your credit report, and read tips on how to improve your credit. There's even an option to monitor any changes made to your credit report. The first resolution is to know where you stand, and with CreditSense, you'll be off to a great start. First Bank Hampton is a member FDIC. Welcome to the First Bank Hampton Newsmaker Program. Newsmaker is an informative local broadcast presented Monday through Friday on 104.9 KLMJ with interviews available in their entirety online at radioonthego.com. Each day, newsmakers from Hampton, Franklin County, and around the broadcast area visit with Radio On The Go about events, meetings, public policy, and issues that affect our area. And now, here's today's First Bank Hampton Newsmaker Program. Sean Dietz with Jeff Cole, Butler Grundy Development Alliance. Uh, Jeff, uh, we are at the uh, the Grundy Center High School. You just had a big uh, job fair here today. And uh, tell us a little bit about the organization of the job fair, kind of what spurred on the idea to do this. And, and uh, also, thanks for putting it on. You're welcome. Um, truly, what spurred this on is our workforce environment has changed dramatically in the last three years. We were always preparing for what was going to be called the Great retirement of the baby boomers, which was supposed to be yet another five years out from now. Well, with all the things that happened with COVID, that changed things dramatically in the workforce environment. And we were hearing more and more from the employers that, as we're all well aware of, just from all the advertising you see, they are in dire need of bodies. You know, high school career fair is not an immediate answer, but it's building that pipeline for the future. And employers recognize that. They know that, yes, they still need to do what they need to be doing to fill their positions today. But they're, you know, very visionary, and that's what good businesses do is you look into the future and you plan for it. And that's what these are for. It's to build that pipeline, to introduce to the kids what career opportunities there are locally. And really, aside to that is how many career opportunities there are that do not require a four-year college education. And then I'll also add to that how many of our employers, if you engage with them at an early level, will get involved with your education. That may be through scholarships. It may be through them, you know, cost sharing, allowing you to go to the community college while you're employed there. There's just a lot of flexibility from the employers that we didn't have you know, seven to 10 years ago. And talk a little bit about then, you know, we saw hundreds of kids come through here today and uh, various levels of engagement. Some kids, uh, of course, were very engaged and, and wanted to know more about all of the different employers that were here today. Talk a little bit about your work with those educators and, and what they're doing to prepare kids for the workforce or for beyond high school. And this is new for some of our school districts as well, not all. I mean, there's four districts that were represented today that have been actively involved and financially 
actually supporting what's called Cedar Valley West. And we've always had a great relationship with Stacy and the team at Cedar Valley West because they're engaging with these students from a workforce standpoint or from a career path standpoint much younger, much earlier. Some of the vendors here today said they could tell at today's event there was more engagement from the kids. They came well prepared. They came with questions. They had, you know, industries in mind that they wanted to talk to. And we did another career fair back in April for Butler County. And that one was our very first. It was kind of, we call it our trial run to see how things work because there's a lot of mechanics and logistics and everything that has to happen to put one of these together. That event because most of those schools do not have that engagement. I think they're starting to. Don't get me wrong. Some of the districts are doing a a lot better job of it, but I think they're recognizing the need that something that maybe didn't happen 10 years ago, which was connecting with the uh, employers, the schools are wanting to do that now. So, you know, it's not that anyone is better than the other. It's just who was at the table earlier doing that. So we could tell that today at this event. You know, we had just shy of 400 students from five school districts throughout Grundy County come through this career fair. And the engagement level was very impressive. You know, and we had 23 employers represented. And, uh, you know, we want to have more. We definitely want to have more. But again, we need to work through the logistics of everything from school schedules to, you know, working with the employers that we're most likely going to do. Today was more focused manufacturing, healthcare, and media. We're going to get more in to what I'd call the uh, skilled trades at some point, but most skilled trades employers are very small. They're mom and pop, they're self-employed, you know, but those are very important to us. In fact, we started this discussion before COVID as an organization that we're really concerned that within the next, you know, several years, we were going to have a lot of local electricians and plumbing and heating contractors in our communities that were going to be retiring, not quitting, but retiring. So we were trying to, you know, how do we fill that pipeline? Well, then COVID came. And so a lot of things just happened. So we're going to really focus, see if we can get enough participation from the employers in the skilled trades and maybe do one that's specifically for that. That was the other thing was we didn't, the gym was full today, but if we, you know, and that was with 23 employers, we were maxed out. If we had done any more and that was a conscious decision, we didn't want it to be so loud in here or to have to have the booths so close together that the kids and the employers couldn't have good one-on-one conversation. And so that's kind of why we've limited the number of employers and we tried to limit to, um, you know, 100 to 150 kids in any given hour in here. And we didn't want to have to hurry them out either. And we still had to. We found out today there were some, the districts that they, you know, needed to round their kids up and they had not had a chance to see all the vendors. But those are all things you learn from and you improve for the next time. Again, visiting with Jeff Kolb, <laughs> Butler Grundy Development Alliance. Jeff, while we've got you here, we might as well talk about some of the projects that have been underway in Butler County. Obviously, the uh, Shell Rock Logistics Park, uh, lots of things going on uh, out there. Talk to us a little bit about some of those projects as well as uh, anything else that might be on the uh, on the forefront for uh, your group. Butler Logistics Park, yeah, has you know been extremely busy. Shell Rock Soy Processing is wrapping up construction. I mean, they're really now to a point of 
startup, but, you know, this past summer, there was, you know, over 450 to 600 construction employees on that site every day, which is just amazing to see coordination that goes into a project like that. When you have a $300 million project is just phenomenal. They're wrapping up. They have onboarded all of their positions. The one unique thing about Shell Rock Soy, when I was talking to the HR folks, is that most of their employees that they've onboarded have come local. Then I'm thinking it was 35 to 40 mile radius because they had a lot of folks that really wanted that industry specific to be involved with, whether they may have worked with a co-op elevator in the past, you know, or for some other bio production company or whatever. You know, there's been some changes at some of our employers. And so there were some folks that were looking to make a change. The one good thing about that, I'll keep saying this, diversification is a good thing because as those changes had happened, if we had not had Shell Rock Soy as an option for those employees, they would have either stayed someplace they didn't want to stay or B, they would have potentially left our area. So now having all of these different opportunities just gives people more opportunities to maybe make a career change or find the perfect career, whatever it is. I mean, that's what we need to keep doing. Even though the workforce challenges are here now, that will correct itself globally at some point. It has to, whether it's through automation, you know, whatever it may be, you'll see that change. You know, we can't just say, well, all of our employers having problems hiring or finding people. So we need to stop trying to bring in additional employers because time can change as well. You know, I've said this many a time that most of our industries, whatever sector they're in, if it's ag, they're cyclical every seven, 10 years. You know, there's a downturn, maybe some layoffs. We've all seen that. It's a good thing to have other opportunities because usually when one is down, maybe the others might be up, which has been the case right now. So it's beneficial to keep doing what we're doing while we're still conscious of doing things like today. I may have said this earlier, but today is totally in response to trying to serve our employers. And I think a key component, too, is you want to let the students know that there are opportunities right here at home in the backyard so that we can retain some of our students so they don't feel like they have to move away from home. Very much so. And I say this all the time. I graduated high school in the right at the height of the farm crisis in the early to mid-80s. And a lot of my classmates left because prior to that, you had two options. You worked at a farm equipment manufacturer, I won't name names, who laid off tens of, or hundreds, not hundreds, but thousands and thousands of folks. Or you worked in agriculture. Or you worked downtown in a retail or a service sector business. There were not a broad range of employment opportunities, so you had to leave. Where now, employment opportunities within our two counties and our region as a whole, the Cedar Valley region, is phenomenal. You know, whether it's distribution and logistics and warehousing with, you know, Target and there's multiple other companies, manufacturing, healthcare, you know, now law enforcement. Today, the Iowa State Patrol was here. And that is purely because back to that point I made about the great retirement. You're seeing troopers now getting to that age of retirement. So I would never have dreamt of seeing the Iowa State Patrol at a career fair when I was in school. Jeff Kolb is our guest uh, with the Butler Grundy Development Alliance. Jeff, that's about our time for today. Anything else that uh, you'd like to add before we uh, close up shop here? Well, today was another great success. So was the one that we held in Butler back in April. Um, This is something we want to continue to do, grow on it, expand it better every time we do it. Some of the school leadership here today, even superintendents, and we're going to engage more going forward. So maybe these events are not even an afterthought. They're part of their school calendar, part of their scheduling. And the employers want that and the schools. They want that too. Jeff, thank you for your time today. You bet. Thank you for being here. 
Thanks for listening to today's Newsmaker program presented by your friends at First Bank Hampton. First Bank Hampton's Newsmaker program can be heard every Monday through Friday on 104.9 FM following KLMJ's News at Noon. To hear today's conversation in its entirety, visit RadioOnTheGo.com and click Newsmaker under the News tab. Podcast listeners can follow Newsmaker and listen to other broadcasts on demand by subscribing to the Radio On The Go podcast for free on iTunes and Stitcher. With chilly weather of January, spring planting feels like it's a long way out. Hi, this is Eric Reichertz with First Bank Hampton. January is the ideal time to finalize financing for this year's crop, and you can count on us. First Bank Hampton is a full-service agricultural bank offering operating lines of credit as well as loans for equipment, buildings, and farmland. Whether you're a large or small operation, we'd like to be your bank by providing you with competitive rates, great service, and terms you'll truly appreciate. At First Bank Hampton, we're proud to serve local farmers. Member, F. FDIC, an equal housing lender. A winning combination.